This is Forensic Perspectives Podcast. We're bringing you immediate access to today's top accounting and legal experts. We cover various topics concerning forensic accounting, business valuation, economic damages, and litigation support. We chat with experts concerning business disputes, divorce, and economic damages. I'm your host, Mark Gottlieb. Welcome to Forensic Perspectives Podcast. Thank you, and welcome to today's program. The late J.D. Salinger, the author of the 1951 classic Catcher in the Rye, made one of his rare appearances in the news some years ago when he initiated legal action against the unauthorized publication of his early stories that had never been reprinted in book form. Over 25,000 copies of this collection were sold before going out of print, something that Salinger himself described as having property stolen from him. And in 2009, just months before his death, Salinger sued for copyright infringement against a novel called 60 Years Later, Coming Through the Rye. Although not an exact copy of Catcher in the Rye, Salinger's attorneys claimed that 60 Years Later was just a ripoff, pure and simple. In the end, a federal court ruled last year that 60 Years Later could not be published in the United States. The Salinger case notwithstanding, some areas of copyright law are so murky it is not always clear what is and isn't legal. That's because, when it comes to intellectual property law, nothing is all that simple. What is clear to legal experts, however, is that the unauthorized publication and distribution of an author's work, whether it's called a sequel or a collection of early stories, can cut into the earnings potential of its creators, often causing significant economic damage. A business, too, can be devastated financially, for instance, when an employee has access to trade secrets and decides to copy the information to start his own business and produce a competitive product. But what happens when the employer discovers what he's been up to? In the economic damage case Carbo Ceramics versus Keefe, Carbo proved in trial that a management-level employee misappropriated trade secrets, including privileged information related to the employer's manufacturing process, business plan, and price strategies. Carbo's expert estimated that a significant portion of the employee's estimated revenue from his new business over the next 10-year period would be attributable to the use of the information he had copied from his former employer. Carbo then claimed it would suffer economic damages of almost $4 million. Ultimately on appeal, the Fifth Circuit Court rejected the plaintiff's damages based upon the projected revenues because the employee had never, ever built a plant nor produced a product. The damage model relied on speculative revenues and operating profits. Although the Fifth Circuit Court found evidence supported by the liability portion of the misappropriation claim, it affirmed the court's grant of summary judgment for lack of evidence as to the actual damages recoverable. This case suggests a reasonable royalty method, one of the four common methods used in measuring such damages, is the preferred approach when trade secret misappropriation is eminent, but no actual damages have occurred. These themes bring me to today's topic, which is determining economic damages. It's common knowledge in the legal community that the demand for accountants with a forensic specialty has significantly increased in recent years. The growth of the forensic practice is in part linked to the necessary determination of economic damages. 
Economic damage investigations can cover theft, fraud, contract disputes, wrongful discharge, product liability claims, marital dissolutions, and many other circumstances. More and more, these economic damage exercises play a critical role in the attorney's legal strategy. And now many more forensic accountants are providing economic damage testimony. Because it's essential that forensic accountants look at the whole picture when determining an individual or business's financial health, they are required to spend many hours investigating balance sheets, income statements, and other accounting information. In determining economic damages, the financial experts' calculations are often based on three core components. One, the casual link between the specific event and the alleged lost profits. Two, the profits that would have been achieved but for a specific event. And three, the profits that were actually achieved because of a specific event. It's important for both the forensic accountant as well as the attorney to understand the nexus or chain of circumstances that connects certain damaging events. With a solid understanding of these components, the forensic expert can provide essential help in accurately determining the true merits of the claim for economic damages. The attorney, of course, is not expected to become a financial expert, nor master the intricacies of calculating damages. While the attorney addresses and attends to the liability issues, it is the forensic accountant's responsibility to determine the extent to which economic damages can be traced and quantified from the alleged events to the alleged impairments. Preparing economic damage estimates requires a deep understanding of accounting principles and an acute understanding and knowledge of the subject business. What is required from the economic damage expert by the attorney is the expertise to gather and accurately interpret the financial and statistical data, eliminate the irrelevant material, and apply a reasonable analysis to the facts of each individual case. No matter what the nature of the case, in the end, it's all about great detective work and accurate analysis. Attention to detail, as many of you know, can make or break a case. It is my firm belief that the economic analysis and function of the forensic accountant should be able to demonstrate a number of different ways to approach a problem. Based upon my years of professional experience, I think the simplest approach is often the best. With the investigative and analytical ability required to make these fair determinations, the forensic accountant provides a valuable resource for the litigator and is the best person qualified to calculate and explain the true damage components. Some of the methodologies we as forensic accountants use include, but are not limited, to the following five methods. 1. The before and after method. Here we compare the plaintiff's performance before an event or action causing lost profits to the plaintiff's performance after the event or action. 2. The yardstick or benchmark method. This method utilizes a measurement tool that is used to estimate what the revenues and profits of the effective business would have been. 3. A calculation based of the terms of a contract method. In this situation, one's method might be to develop a model that calculates the revenues anticipated under the terms of a contract. 4. A method that calculates the accounting of the defendant's profits. In these instances, such as cases involving unfair competition or misappropriation of trade secrets, an accounting for profits realized by a defendant may be used as a measure of the plaintiff's lost profits. And five, 
estimating both past and future revenues. There are many cases when the plaintiff's lost revenues may include both past and future revenues. If there are future losses, as well as loss periods extending beyond the trial date, these items must also be calculated and reconciled. These methodologies are typically used for business for interruption losses. Forensic accountants are often engaged to review damages for insurance claims, which can sometimes be inflated by the owners of businesses. In these instances, our objective is to carefully prepare a calculation while at the same time conducting a thorough search for potential fraud. But even an analysis based solely on the available numbers will not always lead us to an accurate conclusion when it comes to compensating the lost profits claimant. The most relevant questions the forensic accountant needs to ask is what is the current operating status of the subject business? What is the current age of the business owner? And is the claimant represented by a third party whose compensation is based upon the value of the recovery of the claim? If the information supplied by the claimant is in the end accurate and above board, then the claimant will be justly restored. But falsifying lost claims can inevitably lead to legal action against the claimant, and their hope for reward for excess reimbursement will go up in smoke. So as you can see, whether a lawsuit involves a pirate edition of stories by a world-famous author, or a business that is facing competition from one of its ex-employees, or even the possibility of insurance fraud on the part of a business owner, each case may require the corroboration between the attorney and the forensic accountant. Thank you for joining us today for this discussion on determining economic damages. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us at our office. Stay connected with us on the web at www.msgcpa.com, where you can also subscribe to our newsletter, Forensic Perspectives. We can also be found on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and of course by phone. Your topic suggestions for future broadcasts are always welcome. Until our next program, this is Mark Gottlieb. Thank you for joining us.